get so excited when I know we're about to record a podcast. So do I. I actually, and I love the moment of anticipation where we both look at each other like, what is the first sound that's going to come out of us? And it's always something along the lines of, yay! <laughs> Celebration time! Your eyes have the most beautiful glitter on them that I didn't notice until now. I went glitter crazy. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed in the bathroom when I was getting ready. I didn't, but now I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> Just full glitter. Just full glitter. Do you know when you have to overcompensate? Yes, yes. You just yeah. need a little extra feeling of sparkle on the outside. That's right. <laughs> to just help rev up that sparkle on the inside. Absolutely. Um, oh. So, friends, here we are. Uh, we had a little week off of the Create Podcast last week. Um, I missed it. I missed it, too. I was in L.A. teaching Create and also had the incredible experience of seeing Rob Bell speak at the Largo in uh, L.A. and... Man, that guy's good. Isn't he great? He's so good, and he's such a love. Mm-hmm. He is uh, like a gentle giant. Yeah. He's the tallest, most loving guy. <laughs> um, so that was so great to go and see him and also be with the L.A. community. So it was really powerful. Yeah, you were saying that L.A., um, just the, how uh, much the community there loves being together. So much so. And like we were in like a new space, and it was like Oscar Sunday, and I kept thinking like, what actor is going to show up at 3 p.m. at this little casting studio uh, on Oscar Sunday? And the room was jammed. And it was so fun. And we all just loved each other. And it was amazing. <laughs> amazing. And yeah. here we are now. And this is kind of a fun story, um, is that Nat and I had a different topic to teach on this week. The topic we really wanted to teach on. <laughs> I know. Wait, I think we might teach on next week. But something happened Thursday night. We got together, and we started talking, and we started having a dialogue. And without realizing it, it was that moment of, oh, oh, there's something happening here. There's something coming through, and we start listening to it. And we're like, that's what we're supposed to teach on this week. It was like a light bulb went off in the room, and we both knew. And ever since we said that this week was going to be about anxiety detox... Uh, that everyone was like, yes, please. Yeah. Yes. And actually, maybe the topics are more similar than we think they are. I'm Originally, sure. we wanted to teach on the heart, and uh, we decided to teach on anxiety, but isn't really being in a state of anxiety being in the disconnect from the heart from and the heart. from the center of us that knows everything's going to be okay. Like the, the Kyle Cease, when he talks about the deep down part, yes. it always knows that everything's golden and everything's beautiful and everything's working in our favor and if we could live from deep down we would have a different experience with life and it feels to me like anxiety is the thing that wants to keep us away from deep down and you can even feel it um in the energy of an anxiety attack the energy rises up and Mm -hmm. people have the experience of I can't get a deep enough breath I can't go deeper it's like the energy's rising out of my body and I can't keep a hold of it and it creates this incredible feeling of trying to hold on to something that's fleeting or leaving and it causes um, such turmoil and I think that oftentimes when we're in a state of anxiety people will say um, you know take a deep breath take a deep breath and it's like That's the whole problem. I can't access how to take a deep breath, and that is what's causing more and more anxiety to build. Right. It's like I think of um, deep in the ocean there is so much peace, and and on the top of the ocean is where all the choppy waves are. Mm. And isn't that what it feels like when we're in an anxious state is we're inside the choppy waves, the, Mm. the top layer of the water, and there's so much turbulence there. There's so much activity, and going down into that space where there is peace is where we like long to be. It's where we feel open. 
And I felt like I learned so much this week. Incredible. It started for me in a very conceptual way where I had just gotten interested in really knowing myself that I, that I connect deeply with in meditation and bringing more and more of that into my daily life. Like mm. more of life being a meditation, more of life being I am always at the perfect place at the perfect time. Everything is working for my good. Um, oh, I'm so curious how the universe is going to work this one out. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and really anchoring myself. Um, it's almost like giving up that part of myself that would want to chase to worst case scenario. Yes. And instead, rerouting my brain and going, what's the best case scenario here? Mm. Let's live in that possibility instead. And so it was just this intuitive thing that was going on for me of like... Um, let me reroute into, into best case scenario mm. on a cellular level. Mm. And then when you and I started talking about this, and you, you mentioned Michael Beckwith's uh, um, talk in L.A. Mm -hmm. and how it was about the mind virus. Yes. And, and, and when you said that, then I was like, I got to go watch it. And it, I felt like it took um, me down this uh, Alice in Wonderland path this week, um, starting to do more and more research about the nature of anxiety and about how our bodies get addicted to emotions. Yes. And I was like, whoa. And then I started seeing evidence, of course, in it um, around with, with different people I would talk to, in classes I would teach, and then also just noticing my own self, where, where are the um, places where I feel my body has gotten used to creating the same chemical reaction over and over again. And I think that this is actually the most fascinating thing is that once something becomes a habit and once it becomes automatic, we start to assume that it's part of us, that it is us, because we can no longer distinguish ourselves before we had it. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you know you have never um, smoked a cigarette, and then all of a sudden at the age of 30, you have a cigarette, it's like all of a sudden that stimulus, the feeling of that is going to be a totally new experience. Now, if you're someone who has smoked cigarettes uh, every day since you were 16, when you're 30 years old, it won't feel the same way, even though you're ingesting the same thing, even though it's the same process, even though it's the same substance, even though it's the same chemical, your reaction to it is now totally different because it arrives packaged in habit form. What I love about what Michael Beckwith was saying when he talked about the virus of the mind is that we tend to think that our problems are the problem. We tend to even have problems with our problem. And we will spend our whole lives trying to get rid of our problems, trying to have less problems, or assuming that if we had more of this or more of that, the problems would go away. If I had more money, I wouldn't have this problem. So then we chase having more money. But really, we're chasing the having more money so that we can solve a problem, not even for the chase itself or for the thing itself. We're trying to solve the feeling that we have with having a problem with the problem. Exactly. And then, so as I started reading uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who you turned me on to, and, and that book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, he talks, it was almost like I, I turned uh, on my, uh, like, uh, my book uh, on my phone app, and it popped up, and it was mm. literally, we had just decided to do this topic, and he was talking about that our bodies get addicted to the... Um, chemicals that are created from certain emotions. So like if we create guilt often, we were raised feeling guilty, our body over time has gotten addicted to feeling guilty, mm -hmm. right? So it becomes this like set point. Or 
anxious. Mm. Our, if we were raised in a very anxious household, uh, our mother or father was on high anxiety, it became, and it made us anxious, our bodies get addicted to the chemicals that our body produces there. And they are toxic chemicals. And, and Dr. Joe Dispenza, this is, he, this is so amazing. He says, your body becomes addicted to guilt or any emotion in the same way that it would get addicted to drugs. At first, you only need a little of the emotion or drug in order to feel it, and then your body becomes desensitized. And your cells require more and more of it just to feel the same again. Trying to change your emotional pattern is like going through drug withdrawal. Right? <sighs> And doesn't it feel that way? Doesn't it feel like on the surface we say, well, I don't want to feel this anxiety. I don't mm -hmm. want to feel this anxiety. But if we actually cut ourselves off from it, if we actually lived all of a sudden for 24 hours in a utopian universe where we didn't have any anxiety, we would have anxiety about the lack of anxiety. Yes. And it's, I, I see this in um, students I work with and in clients, that they start to create new patterns in their life. They start to use spiritual tools on a new level. And they start to feel increased peace or prosperity or new levels of abundance in their life or love. And all of a sudden, it's like it becomes uncomfortable. Yes. Right? And so then there is, without, it's a subconscious need that our body is going, ah, I'm in withdrawal, something is wrong. And yes. Dr. Joe talks about how it sends the signal, like faster than we can think, up into our brains to say, create drama. Yes. Create this situation, because my body needs to feel this way again in order to feel alive. Yes. And so in order to cure ourselves of this, like, mind virus, and how Beckwith talks about we get addicted to um, this virus of the mind that is everywhere, that is this idea of scarcity or not enoughness or um, comparison of jealousy or mm -hmm. my future is in the, you know... In the uh, distance. Yeah, yeah, the distance over there. I can't get to it. Mm. That in order to um, create healing for these around these thoughts, we actually have to set a new set point for how good we will allow ourselves to feel. Mm. And our body has to get used to these new tonic chemicals that are healing to the body. And Dr. Joe says it's beyond positive thinking. It has to be a state of being. Yes, absolutely. And I think that we all have had that experience where you can try to think those positive thoughts all you want. But if you feel contrary to what you are saying, mm. then that level of change is not going to stay over time. There's no way it can. Or if you feel really, really good, but then your thoughts are saying, are you allowed to feel this good? Uh, you don't deserve to feel this good. Then again, you're not going to be able to sustain the state of being. So the only thing that can sustain the state of being is actually knowing that I'm going to create almost like the discomfort our body feels is another state of anxiety. So we can trick our body into saying, oh, I'm still giving you anxiety because now I'm letting you feel bigger than you want to feel. So let this be the new anxiety that we are using together so that we can heal and detox from the old kind. Ooh, I like that. Mm. It's like when you go to the gym and you work out, you start to feel uncomfortable while you're cha changing, right? Yes. You have like, I had one of those workouts the <laughs> other day. Oh, and my trainer like had me work in my back in ways that I never work my back. Uh. And I'm, I woke up the next day and I was like, oh, hello back. Yes, uh -huh. I see you. I feel you. But the same thing is true 
when we really start to do the inner work Mm -hmm. and we start to carve out places of more internal peace, more internal joy, more internal love, and training ourselves. Like Dr. Joe says, we have to unmemorize the other states of being by starting to memorize what it feels like to be in success. Yes. Or what it feels like to be in pleasure. I remember the sum- last summer when you and I were studying pleasure. <laughs> and it was so fun. What a fun summer. <laughs> what a fun, I know. What a great idea, but on our account. Um, but like, that eventually it started to feel uncomfortable. Yes. Where we would look at each other and say, is, is it this okay? okay? Are we allowed to feel this good? Yeah. Um, and I think w- when you're not in partnership with someone doing that, you start to be like, oh... I'm having long stretches of feeling peaceful. I'm having long stretches of feeling abundant. I remember the, this conversation between Oprah Winfrey and Tyler Perry. Yeah. When they first started making money, they felt undeserving of it, they were saying, yeah. and that they were like always giving it away to people. Right. It, and it was hard to hold on to at first because they had to allow themselves to feel deserving of it. Yes. Right? To stretch big enough to hold that new set point. Even the phenomena of people winning the lottery and then being bankrupt within a year. It's its a phenomena that your system is not used to what you want yet. And I was um, reading about uh, some of Osho's words when he described some of the teachings of Buddha. And what he was saying is that if you notice some discomfort come up, if, if you're in your meditation and you notice a discomfort come up, then know that that discomfort is yours. In this moment, that is yours. And if you just let it pass, it will not be yours anymore. But if you hold on to it and identify with it, and why is this mine, and why is this coming up, and what is this blocking me from, and what good is this keeping me from, then all of a sudden, your identity is now this thing. As opposed to just being like, it's just mine for now. I'm just taking it for a walk, and then I'll hand it off to wherever else it needs to go next. And then also with that same level of detachment with stuff as it comes, also knowing that if something hasn't come yet, then we're not ripe for it yet. That the rose will bloom when it's ready to bloom. And if we long to bloom before we're ripe to bloom, then we'll bloom too fast and we'll die. So there's a natural reason that whatever we want may not be here with us yet. And our job isn't to long for it. And our job isn't to try to hustle to make it happen sooner or faster or better. Our job is just to say, I trust that if it's not here yet, I'm being primed for something else. Mm. And that part of what I believe I notice so much of my anxiety about is I call it anticipation anxiety. That I don't actually have any anxiety about what's going on right here, right now. Right here, right now, I'm actually okay. I'm breathing breaths. I'm with my best friend. We're doing a podcast. It's all kind of okay right now, right? The anticipation of what might go wrong, the anticipation of what the future might hold, of the bill that might come, of the catastrophe that might strike, that's where the anxiety actually comes from. In the here and now, anything that I'm presented with just gets dealt with whether yes. by me or something bigger than me. Yes. And if I can keep trusting in that flow rather than making myself the doer of things that haven't even happened yet, then I can actually take my energy and bring it back to the here and now and have a point of power that I can actually make whatever I want to happen happen because I'm not diluting my energy into a future where nothing's even happened yet. Where nothing's even happened. There's this quote here by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Mm. I love some Emerson. And he says, nothing can bring you peace but yourself. 
So I... <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I want to believe that not to be true. I want to say, no, 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 that partner, that, that person, yeah. that casting director, they can totally bring me peace. <laughs> <laughs> but it's as if we have the deepest well of peace within us. Mm. And we can go to it with a thimble or we can go to it with a pipeline. Mm. Like... And, and we decide how much peace we will allow ourselves to feel. So we have access to unlimited peace within us at all times. And mm. all we have to do is, like you said, be in this moment and not be out in future projection yeah. or problem solving something that is not occurring right now. Yeah. But be here in this breath where there is unlimited peace. Mm. And if we can commit over and over to being in this moment, where there is unlimited peace, unlimited abundance, unlimited love, then we get to be the presence of that in the world. And one of the things that really hit me about what Dr. Joe was saying was when he was saying that um, this, this our cells memorizing um, our kind of chemical makeup. So um, when we start getting high off the tonic chemicals of peace, of love, of oneness, and as you were saying the other day, um, that the the virus of the mind is separateness, yeah. right? Yeah. So the um, the antithesis of that is being inside our oneness, mm. being inside our connectedness, and if we can spend time. And Dr. Joe was saying, like things like visualization, or bhavanas, which you teach. Uh, what they do is they help us to start to get in the state of being of success, yes. love, abundance, that it's not just a positive thought, yeah. but when we can get into the feeling tone of accessing an energy that is always alive in us. Yes. And we have to train ourselves, like going to the gym, to go there and to give ourselves time to feel feel these positive emotions mm. and then throughout the day to go back and go inside those states of being and then we start to realize oh that's always within me yeah. but we must train our bodies to start to to integrate those chemicals into our life mm. on an ongoing basis and he, then he says once we we uh, are going to those state of beings more and more often it's the it's getting into that vibrational match that brings new opportunities to us. I was just listening to Beckwith this morning. I'm just such, you know you know me and my Beckwith. Oh, just just our boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. And he was saying that everyone has a vibrational signature. Mm. And we can change that vibrational signature, but it's that vibrational signature that brings experiences to come meet it. That's why it's so important to do things in community or in partnership because Let's say my vibrational signature says, Natalie, you're worthy of this much. You're this amount of good looking. You, you deserve this much money in your bank account. What your vibrational signature for me might reflect is something totally different, right? Uh -huh. And so when we can stand in community and say, oh, I see who you really are. You may think you're only worthy of this, this, and this, but I see like the whole kingdom is before you. It's actually why sometimes bhavana can be... Um, 
so healthy and healing because not that we do it right, but that it shows us where we're still limited and where we still think ooh, we're not worthy. Ooh, like when we actually think a, a, a dream is big and, and, and where, we, where we will allow ourselves to go and where we've put a limit on yes. where we will allow ourselves like to go. Oftentimes I've worked with people on like a relationship, mm-hmm. Bhavana, and they don't talk about the relationship that would light them on fire. They talk about the relationship that they think they can possibly get with where they are right now. Yes, I see it's that like, all the time. Ah! I see that all the time. Or they, they they talk about the job they think they can get by where they're based on yes. now, or the apartment they think they can live in, as opposed to what, what would feels what feels right, what would light my heart on fire. Which is so funny because that's the, the 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 other lecture we want to do yes. is about how our heart actually knows what our true vibrational signature is. Yeah. But we spend so much time playing in this, what we think is quote-unquote reality. And all that is, is other people's set points for what they would allow themselves to feel. The the chemical match to what they thought was possible. Yes. And it's an inherited thing. And and Dr. Joe was saying that even it's in our genes, it's in our DNA. Yes. But that that is changeable. Yes. I think it's called, and I might butcher this word, epigenics is what he mm-hmm, calls it. Mm-hmm. And it's talk about transcending genetics Yes, because they are something that can change over time and that's the process of evolution. But just like how people will have children um, and ha- they can have a better and better life, that their genes start evolving in that way, but we can actually do that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like when Beckwith was saying the virus of the mind isn't dealing with the anxiety the virus of the mind is looking for something to be anxious about yes that's it and whenever we're looking for something to complain about Mm -hmm. for something to worry about for something to be sad about for something to prove our victimhood that's actually the virus the virus is the looking for the thing not the thing itself because like Osho said if the thing shows up it is showing up because you already have a solution for it because you are the solution for it it's the looking for it that becomes the virus so the cure to the virus is how can we look for gratitude how can we look for joy how can we look for a new vibrational signature and if we can train ourselves if we can create a new habit to look for more of what we want and less confirmation of what we don't want then that is when from a, a cellular level perspective we actually get a rebirth we actually get to reinvent our lives and we are no longer our stories. We get to say, as a powerful creator, who am I now? What do, who am I now? What is it that I want to see? Let me find a way to celebrate. What is it I want to love? How do I want to love it? Yes. You know? How do I want my life to be a party today? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then with these new eyes, we create a new set point for ourselves. Oof. And it feels like it's so exhilarating. And also I can almost feel like in the back of my own mind, that's a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) But what I actually think is a lot of work, I think it's a lot of work to maintain a truth that's not real. Ooh, because we know it's just illusion. That's right. I think it actually will feel easy once we're in alignment with what's actually true. It's like every moment walking down the street or riding the subway... Do I want to chase after the mind virus of looking for what is wrong, for, for, for chasing after a problem to solve? Or in this moment, can I pivot 
and find the state of, of, of being of celebration, mm. of playfulness, of rejoicing, of being the presence of joy. It's almost like I, when I was in L.A., I saw this incredible shaman healer, and she was talking about how disease manifests in the body. And she says, disease, for her, when she's working with someone, she'll see sometimes before the disease has implanted in someone she'll kind of see it like hovering around them like it's about to enter and it's really like the vibrational match that we are for it or not allows it in and so imagine that we all have this mind virus it means that at one point it was hovering above us and we decided that we were the vibrational match for it to be allowed to enter our bodies. Yes. And so now we have this virus, we have this disease. So what our job is, is to now become the doctors and healers for ourselves. So we have to like write ourselves a little prescription to deal with the virus. And as we know, if a doctor says, here, you need to take this prescription, then you have to take it according to doctor's orders. You know, if they say you need to take this pill three times a day, then you know that if you take it, Sometimes, then you forget to take it. Guess what happens? Your body builds a resistance to the medicine. Ooh. So it is our job to say, if I really want to heal this virus, I have to take this healing seriously. I have to show up for my health and wellness with the same level of devotion I showed up for this disease. And that is how I am going to heal myself and nothing less will do because it's already in my DNA. So it is up to me to be vigilant, but also it can be a joy. It can be so fun because think about if someone is really unwell and every day they feel a little bit better and a little bit better, they have a little more energy, a little more spring in their step, that healing is gonna be rapid fire because they're just gradually feeling better and better and better. What else is there? What else is there? Like, we get to then leap out of bed one day. I am healed. <laughs> I am healed. I am healed. And then we get to go and show the world what's possible. So, friends, you heard it here. <laughs> Natalie Roy has told you to play doctor with yourself <laughs> and to have joy playing doctor with yourself or do it in pairs. Nurse Natalie. <laughs> Everyone just got an image of you in a white dress with a thermometer. <laughs> and then just take that wherever you want to go. Um... Participating in our own healing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Saying, um, that is a mind virus I inherited from mm. the world, from my family, from society. And today I choose to participate in my own healing because I get to create the world that I want to live in. The body I want to live in, mm -hmm. the love I want to live in, the dream I want to live in. You know, there isn't some far off dream waiting for you to be worthy of it and ready for it. It's like, if you want it, make it. That's right. Create it. You become the vibrational match for it first. So it can be, be here in the world. So that it can be here in the world. Take a stand for it. The world needs it. Yeah. And has been asking for it, which is why it occurred to you. It's why it came into your consciousness in the first place, because the world has asked for it. And more than ever, the world needs healers. More than ever, the world needs healers. And if we know that the artists are the healers, it's time to step up. 
You know? Ooh. It's time to do our work on this planet. So, Nurse Natalie, I have a <laughs> question for you. <laughs> yes. Um, give me an example of a good prescription. If you say someone Ooh. was wrestling with anxiety and yes. wanted to write a prescription for themselves to become a healer, give me an example of a good prescription. I think what I would suggest first is let's... Uh, Let's like um, see if we can distill anxiety down to see what it looks like. Like we can call it anxiety as the umbrella, but what does it look like for you? Does it does it show up say in complaining? Mm. So for me, when I've noticed myself in like higher levels of anxiety, then I will complain when someone puts their yoga mat too close to me, or complain when um, the person next to me in spinning is starting to smell bad, or you know, like I will find these. Complaints. It's just everywhere. The line is taking too long for the coffee, or this outfit doesn't look good on me, or why is this person taking man-spreading on the subway? And so <laughs> it's just the virus becomes complaint, but the, the, the overriding thing is a level of anxiety that isn't being dealt with. Yeah. So then my prescription is going to be whenever the complaining shows up, compliment. Oh. Contrary action. Compliment myself, compliment someone else, training the mind to see that the opposite it's it's uh, like newton's uh laws about a reaction it's like training your mind to see that the opposite is also there that the opposite is also there it's so true you know um it's funny what i experimented with this week is uh, how my anxiety will show up can be an overwhelm there's so many things to do today. How will it all get done? Yeah. There, um, there are different projects that need responses on or different things I need to finish. Um, and what I really practiced this week was not to let my brain get anywhere past this moment mm. and just keep in the feeling tone of my life is always in flow. And everything I need is always here in the moment. Mm. And I'm always exactly where I need to be. And... My instinct knows where to direct my energy yes. for maximum effort. Yes. So I just kept affirming that and going into that state of being. Yes. And of course what I found is I was always on time. Everything all got done. You walked in here and told me my apartment looked immaculate. <laughs> it you did. And, and, and so the mind virus was the idea yes. that everything wouldn't get done. The yes. idea that I might run out of time. And those ideas would create a pushing yes. that instead what got to happen was a letting go, yes. was an enjoyment, an allowing, a surrender, um, uh, getting to have fun with my life because I was actually showing up for this moment yeah. and not somewhere else. If the virus is always a seeking then the medicine is always a being. Ooh, mic drop, Nurse Natalie. <laughs> she also raps, friends. I also ra I've been listening to a lot of Hamilton. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, good, it's, it's infiltrating. <laughs> See, I'm changing my mind virus by listening to rap music. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but it's so true about music. Music has yes. a way of getting into our cellular memory. It's a vibrational signature mm -hmm. that changes. That's right. It's what chanting does. It's what mantra work does as well. So whatever your mind virus is, get in the feeling place of how it's not true in this here and now and see what happens. And come on Instagram, come on Twitter, come on our Create Facebook page or the uh, Create Playgroup um, on Twitter and Instagram and tell us what's going on and how it's showing up for you. Hashtag play doctor. <laughs> Hashtag Nurse Natalie. <laughs> Ooh, I can't oh. wait. <laughs> uh, and on that note, friends, 
have fun being the radical, beautiful, sexy healers that you are. Mm-hmm. Knowing that the number one patient is your very own self and that you have everything you need inside to bring healing about in your life so that your life is thriving and beautiful and gorgeous and a reflection of your own precious heart. Beautiful. Thank you for listening. And as always, uh, we love you so much. (laughs) All the love. (laughs) Bye. Bye. If you want to know about the Create Workshop series, you can go to www.thecreateseries.com And if you want to know more about us, you can go to kristenhenge.com or natalieroy.com And if you want to come to Create, you can go to The Actors Green Room in New York City um, and it is Sunday nights from 7pm to 9pm And their website is www.theactorsgreenroom.com And you can buy Create On Demand if you don't live in New York City. Woohoo!